2: Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returnee from rock bottom, and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did. So have you ever dreamed of something happening and then when it's actually happened it's not all it's cracked up to be or even worse it's actually really really hard and has a terrible effect on your mental health? Yep me too. (laughs) My guest today comedian Lloyd Griffith and I are discussing all this and more. okay so it is 2017 2017 2017 what was happening lots of people died in 2016 um, lots, of, lots of celebrities died in 2016 was, was, did they i think that was the year of david bowie
3: yeah it was yeah yeah the floor tributes in brixton yeah yeah <laughs> oh that means that then that was big brother yeah wasn't it? <laughs> david's dead
1: oh my god no. David's dead. I told you not to make a scene. You, What's going on with you, can't yeah. you can't tell anybody. You can't tell
3: anybody. Is that
1: 2016? He's not, he's not dead. He's asleep. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm, I can't wait for someone to make a movie about that.
3: Well, it was David Guest, wasn't it? Mm. Who is now passed away. Oh
1: my gosh.
3: Yeah, sorry. To break that tear. <laughs>
1: 2016 was a bad year. 2017 was, I, I can't remember what was happening. Where were, you, in, where were
3: you when Michael Jackson died? I can't remember. I was on top of the Empire State Building. What? I know. It was only last year, but um, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. It was the it was the moment I was on top of the Empire State Building. What
1: were you doing there? Just
3: uh, taking in the sights. Um, There's not we're... much you can do there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not, not throwing coins off the side. Not,
3: uh, it, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, shit, sorry. Um, uh, no, I was on, I went on my first proper holiday with my mum and my sister.
2: That's so, so lovely. A broad
3: holiday. And um, we were in the lift and someone like muttered something. And this was the day before iPhones or anything. I think I had a, I had a Sony Ericsson yeah. and a BlackBerry, because I was a businessman at the time with yes. a LinkedIn profile. A businessman. And um, with a job. <laughs> and a salary. I miss those days. And... Uh, he was like, oh my God, Michael Jackson's died. We're like, what? And I'm trying to get a signal on top of the Empire State Building with like a BlackBerry. He has. <laughs> he really has. And then the security guards were asked to look for jumpers. And I was like.
1: What? Because of Michael Jackson? I
3: genuinely thought, I was like looking at my. my oh,
1: fucking hilarious. And
3: genuinely the security guards were, were been told to look for jumpers. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I'm like. You
1: were like, is... no, no, this is a sweatshirt. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: So I was, I was so confused about a number of things. And then um, my mum was like, this isn't entirely how Ian Vichich This is the top of the Empire State Building. Michael Jackson's died. I was like, well, I think we should stop visiting skyscrapers. Um, and then, yeah, so mad. So I thought I'd mention that. I've no, never really talked about it.
1: That was a really good segue. 2017. I can't remember what was going on. Um, all I know that it was three years before, you know, this shit really kicked off. Yeah, But. Shit! In another way, it was really kicking off for you because you were doing a job. Yeah, Soccer AM. Yeah, we're allowed to say that. I've yeah, checked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in this moment, why do you think you've got no friends? Well, I was.
3: Um, so I was. I was hosting Soccer AM, and it was for me a, a dream job. I'd watched it as a kid, and I'd um, 2017 was like a nice year. I just supported. Jack Whitehall on his arena tour mm. and I'd been on various TV shows as guests. And I kind of felt like in my career, things were starting to to happen. And I'd been going for, a, you know, a little while doing comedy and then a bit of presenting and stuff. And then I got this, this job and I used to, I used to idolize the show, the people on the show. It was a dream to be a guest on it, and then they asked me to come and present it. And mm. So I was like, "Oh my goodness!"
1: And this was something that you'd watch when you were. a kid, Oh
3: yeah, like uh, I have to point out though, like, not not legally because we couldn't afford Sky as a child, <laughs> as, as, a, as a family. So, <laughs> Sorry,
1: that's not funny. It's just the fact. Yeah, literally. laugh at poverty.
3: All right, mate. Well done. Why do you think you got no cost friends? Cost
1: of living. <laughs>
3: um, it wasn't even. Co- yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, we've uh, grown up. We were always in the oh, like, it it a cost of living crisis. Like it was a. It was a. It was a uh, thing
1: i just love the fact that you managed to get soccer AM well amazing. no what
3: happened was my uh teacher used to um, record it
1: yeah what yeah. kind of te- was it let me guess maths
3: yeah absolutely he was yeah Fucking knew it. it. Yeah,
1: they're the ones who you think are going to be like policemen but actually have a heart of gold he
3: was he's so he's still he's still knocking about now i think we're friends on facebook um so he's got his he's His. oh what is it his wife is married to a guy i used to play no his wife, he's married to a guy I used to play football or the other way around i can't remember mm. um but so I, I knew of him. He was like a really cool guy. He used to come in. He used to bring in albums and nice. like CDs. Yeah. Um, he introduced me to... Uh, well, he used to bring in like blur albums. Um, I remember him saying, if you ever go to university, mm. tell girls that you're like Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds.
1: What a fucking legend. And
3: I was like, I don't know who this person is.
1: But I'll fucking
0: say it.
3: Um, and then I remember once like saying, like remembering it and going, some, some lady going... I really like Nick Cave and the Bad Seas. like, oh my God, I've been listening to him since school. She's like, what's your favourite song? I was like, sorry, is it cool to have a favourite Nick Cave song? And she went, yeah, that's true, actually. And I was like, oh, I'm out of depth.
1: I'm like the seat of your fucking triple pants.
3: Triple tap, I'm out. She's Yield. Like, yeah. so, so he So he was a really cool teacher. He was amazing. And um, he was just very, uh, I remember he always used to wear these, uh, like Clark's original shoes. He was just, he was just cool. He never preached. He mm. was just like, look, this is mass." It's great if you can learn it because it'll help you in later life. It's great also if you can learn it because it'll help me with your grades. Let's just get on with it. Mm. And I um, used, uh, used to record Soccer AM on a, on, a, on a Saturday morning. And then whenever there was wet break at uh, school, we'd he'd wheel in the TV on the stand and we'd watch it. And there was obviously growing up in Grimsby, there was a, a lot of wet break. So mm. we used to watch it and it was amazing. So for me, it was just a part, it was an institution. It was a part of like growing up as a mm. football fan, mm. especially like... Um, in in working class kind of like uh, environments Mm -hmm. and towns and stuff. So everyone would talk about Soccer AM and like the campaigns they did. Anyway, fast forward to 2017. I'd been a guest on the show. They'd asked me if I'd want to come on and co-host it, which again, unbelievable. And a few people had like warned me, I would just be careful about the abuse that you might get. I was like, mate, I'm an everyday guy.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm like a man of the people.
1: Yeah. You're not Jamie Lang.
3: Uh, What'd you arguably I'd say he's a man of the people. I honestly, I genuinely we'll talk about my love for him um, later on. Um but I was like come
1: on. Yeah, yeah, are you yeah. You're joking, yeah. look at me. Yeah.
3: Salt of the earth and we'll talk about identity later on as well. But
1: so this this is coming. People were telling you be be just be aware of, and and it was coming from the fans. So be no, aware of. The was, no, it the was no, it was it
3: was it was yeah, it was uh, people that already work in the industry.
1: Sure, okay. Letting
3: me know, I'll oh, just let you know, mate. You're gonna get a bit of stick, and I was like, right, all right. Yeah, they did. Cool. Give,
1: did they give you like a reason as to why you might get a bit of stick?
3: Um, I think you know you're putting your head above the parapet. Yeah. Um, you're hosting a football show, and I think football. Uh, is a quite a toxic toxic environment mm-hmm. um I think people use football now as a shield to kind of be um argumentative to be it's kind of divisive mm-hmm. you know it's, it's' what religion used to be obviously in some situations football and religion is still very much hand in hand but I think you know we've seen politics have a bit of a renaissance recently where People take sides and be quite vitriolic and going, oh, do you know what? I'm far right. I'm far left. And then there's like, at the moment, there's no r- real centrists and stuff. So I think with football, it's people have got a side, they stick to it and they have an opinion. Um, so I think that, that is, that is why. And so like, you know, people that had hosted the show before gave me a little heads up. I was saying, oh, so you know, you, know mm-hmm. you are susceptible to abuse. And I was like, mate, come on.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm from Grimmshore. Come
1: Spirit. on, let me.
3: I'm And also as well, like I'd been I'd done a lot, you know, I, I say like I'd done stand-up for quite a while and I'd done a few TV shows and I'd never really got shit for it. I'd never really got abused, like are a bit here and there. Yeah. But you go, oh, that's not a problem, that's fine. Yeah. And having just supported Jack as well, you know what I mean? You're going up and down the country, you're doing, you know, 10,000 people a night, um, and you're you're getting big laughs. Mm. So you're going, well, I'm mm. I'm popular. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm only on for like 10, 15 minutes, but I'm, I'm popular and people like me and therefore, yeah, that, that will translate to television. And I remember doing the first show and at the time I was, I was doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well. Um, and so I was doing it six days a week. And then on, uh, Friday night, I'd finish my show. Oh no, Thursday night. Sorry. I'd finish my show Mm -hmm. at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I'd then fly to, uh, London, um, then do work on the show on Soccer AM all day Friday. So I had to like then not do the shows in Edinburgh on Fridays. And then I'd do the show on Saturday morning, mm. Soccer AM, and then I'd fly back to Edinburgh and do my show in the evening. And I'd do that for like four weeks.
2: Yeah.
3: And we did the first show and I, f- I got to Heathrow Airport and I opened my Twitter account. And it was just, it was it, it was horrible. It was really, really horrible. And... um. I remember being in, I think, I can't remember where I was. I think for some reason I was in the lounge. And like that, I don't usually.
1: Someone's doing well.
3: Like, I, there was a reason why. It was the only time I was in a lounge. And I'm not sure whether I've just gone. I, I remember specifically that, because every yeah. time I now go to the lounge now.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm like, all right, brilliant. Well, this this is the worst place in the world because yeah. it just harks back to these memories. I remember, um, Yeah, I think maybe, I don't know why. Like I wasn't on a business flight because it's an hour flight, but I just remember being in the lounge for whatever reason. Maybe I just, I can't remember. Look, that's by the by. (laughs) But I just remember being there and I remember opening my phone and just feeling so sad because these tweets just were coming through.
1: Yeah.
3: And they were, uh, there were a lot. There was like a lot of love, but there was a lot of abuse. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, I've the loneliest person in the world.
1: And like, it is, uh, I mean, it's it's such a classic thing to say, and obviously it's, it, I'm not sparking anything new by saying it, but it, it is even amidst, even if you've got 10 lovely ones and two horrible ones, oh, God, you're, yeah. uh, you're without question going to focus on the negative comments. And so the love within that just completely dissipates. It, it yeah. almost doesn't exist because we're so inclined to to believe the negativity course, yeah. and when it's coming through in a stream like that i'd like that must i yeah yeah i've had it i've had like trolls come slide into my dms sliding nice <laughs> they <end> <laughs> <slide>. <laughs> <Look at you. laughs>
3: They more kick the door down don't they and tell you you're a pig yeah
1: yeah throw a grenade through the window yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kick the door. yeah. um but like i've, I've never experienced that Constant stream. And I imagine, and, and you were on your own when that happened. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. So then, Fuck. you know, it was, you know, weirdly I had, I actually had my friends mm. in, in Edinburgh that had come up for the weekend. to They always come up to the fringe when I'm up there or when I used to be up there.
1: And you were doing your own like solo show. I was doing show. my
3: own uh, solo show, yeah. so, solo show
1: yeah.
3: which uh, at the time was called Inundated. It was about having uh, uh been dating a dating columnist. So already I was like an emotionally bit of a kind of, and I wasn't going deep into that. It was just more like the stupid things that had happened. During yeah. that. And then, uh, yeah, so already I was like invested in this show. And then I was yeah. like, oh my God. And, and you know, so I had no friends at that point. And I was just there being like, oh God, I've got to jump on a plane. I'm crying.
1: you got to jump on a plane and then <clears throat> go and do a stand up show. Yeah. Yeah. While feeling like this.
3: Yeah. And so amazingly, like all my mates, uh, met me from well I got from the I got to Edinburgh and they all met me when I got to Edinburgh mm-hmm. and they'd obviously seen it and they're not
1: um- <laughs> did they did they do the thing of going oh I don't know I, 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 what, what comments no, are they been like, like Fuck fucking barking? hell mate <laughs> Come here. That's so much better than being like, oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, oh, they won't. Oh. They
3: keep me grounded. It's it's great, and um, they're all they've all got normal jobs. They're all yeah. not. I wouldn't say social media savvy. Sure. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? Like now, one of them's like the uh, the, the chair of his local sk- uh, kids' school PTA. Do you know what I mean? That's Sick. kind of what you know. They're not. Yeah. Um. You know that they're, they're not TikTokers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know I mean? no, yeah. content creators they're, they're not content creators they are trying to create a small fund for people to go skiing um in valterens for I... a uh a party of 30 very well brought up kids yeah okay. yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. um
1: without stanley cups
3: without what
1: you know those stanley cups that everyone has oh, the TikTok itself. i've got
3: a new watch and it keeps um ringing
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: i've got an apple watch for christmas and i don't really know how it works
1: i don't <laughs> <laughs> also told
3: me I didn't sleep last night. I woke do you, up do at like seven. you get a little seven. thing
1: being like calling? Like when you get a call, do, do you hear no, that? No, I don't get that. Oh, this is, sort of, sorry to segue into a story here, but I heard something about Ian McKellen recently oh, on. that he um, was doing a show in Windsor and he has a, a hearing aid in, but his hearing aid is connected to his phone. Oh, no. And so like halfway through the show, it'd be like, call from, <laughs> call from agent.
3: <laughs> call from Patrick Stewart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> call from Robert, didn't he, Rob? Yeah.
3: Judy <laughs> which i just think is the funniest
1: thing well i'm very
3: sorry
2: <laughs> excuse me uh, that, so that's that the worst
3: good. um uh, I, do you know what i'd love for him to be in my sitcom that i'm currently writing and that was actually the producer of this sitcom that i mean by no means has it been commissioned mm-hmm. it's uh it's very much sat in in trade at the moment but uh-huh. um i'd love for him to play so if you if he listens or watches so yeah he um,
1: never misses these things oh good luck. <laughs> Um, so you were met off the plane. Sorry,
3: I was met off my plane by my lovely mates, who genuinely are are the most incredible uh group of lads that you could ask for. Yeah. they're, they're fanboys, but not fanboys. Um they're just just they're just mates. And we are yeah. always there for each other. Anyway, so they were there and they were like, fucking hell, mate. I was yeah. like, so what have I done? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 Nothing. That like, it was your first show, it was fine, like, yeah. But yeah, it was insane. So, um, yeah, so they were there and they were really supporting them. Like, man, I was like, I don't know, what to, I don't know what to do. What, what the fuck, man? Mm. And um, yeah, it was just a really weird time where, you know, there were nice tweets and there were nice comments, mm, but there was mm. just this kind of and trail of, of of abuse. And you, you do look at those people and they're quite similar styles of people um, when you looked at their. Uh, Twitter accounts and you know, like going, oh, they're not very nice to anyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But still, you know, and then there would be some people that was like quite nice to people, and then would just be horrible to me. I was like, can you what the what the guys? What are you on about? Yeah. So it was, it was weird, and um, there was a chap called Max Rushton who used to host that show about five years before I was on it, and he came into the office the week after. He's like, Anna, mate, got a chat. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he was really good. He's like, mate, you just you got to. He's like, it's the easiest thing to say. is like, you've got to ignore it. Yeah. He's like, those people have got nothing to do on yeah. a Saturday morning than send abuse to someone. Yeah. You're living their dream. You're on that sofa, and um, he's like, you know, anyone thinks they can uh, host a TV show, it's a lot harder than you know than it, than it is and stuff. And, mm, mm. and so there was a few people that really kind of came to my aid there. Um, Greg James. The radio host, um, he came up to Edinburgh to see his one of his best mates, John Kearns, mm. who I was living with at the time, um, and he was was great. Offered some amazing like words of wisdom, having been there. You know what I mean? And That platform, obviously, Radio One is. A, I'd say I could be bigger than than, than soccer. I am, and and it's <clears throat> an institution where you are taken over from someone that had done a job and you can have stands for that person or just people that just don't want to hear you. And I remember seeing a few tweets that that kind of like were horrible towards uh, Craig James. I was like, what What are you on about? He's mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. Just making people, trying to make people happy. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I'm in this situation now. And then... Uh, I remember chatting to a footballer called Troy Deeney, who's done, uh, who's quite um, well known now. The manager of Forest Green, but at the time he was at Watford, mm. and uh, I was do- I was doing a-, a show with him, and he was like, "Mate, gro-. he was really like really supportive." He was like, "Mate, well done on soccer. mean like, I can't can't move I'm not seeing you at the moment. I was like, oh, thanks very much. Are you enjoying it? I was like, "Yeah, I am." He's
1: like, "Yeah."
3: He was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm getting a lot of shit online." Mm. And he's like, "I've not seen that." I was like, really? He was like, yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah. Who from? And I showed him. He was like, oh, I don't know about that. Mm. And then he was—he basically sat me down and was like, just go through their profile, realize that they're angry people.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and then just make peace with it.
1: Yeah.
3: He's like, don't do what I did. He's like, and turn up to someone's house. <laughs>
1: <gasps> Fuck off. I was like, what? I would pay good money to see that.
3: He went, yeah. Basically, Fuck. someone offered me out. He went, so I found out where they lived. He went because they were. It was on. You know, and I basically just sent a photo. I'm like, "Hello, mate, do you want to have a chat?" Fuck. And then his two best mates apparently were like, "Troy, mate, turn around, <laughs> go home." Um, turn around. Yeah. Turn so yeah, and he, so you know, these, these people that, that dealt with it, you know, had 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 kind of like come to my aid and helped me. Yeah. But
1: it's it's um <clears throat> sorry to interrupt. In that like it's when, and I've had it, and like I said, I've had it on a very small scale. Yeah. But the want to like reply and justify it like or like to yeah. tell them off and be like how dare you say yeah. that is so great yeah. you want to like and so much that so many times mm. i've like written the message being like how dare you say this and then actually basically mm. it is he's completely right about going the literally the only thing you can do is be like i'm really sorry that you're that you're so hurt that yeah. you have to respond like this i
3: did respond to a few um but then i think you just kind of it's that that mindset and you know mm. having read various different books since you know mm-hmm. things like you know atomic habits things like mm. that where you get into a frame of mind by by doing things like if you get into a frame of mind by not doing those things mm. then you don't have to worry yourself about it there's a footballer a mate of mine um and he's a really lovely bloke called martin gritton you you wouldn't have really heard of him mm. but um uh, he, he was a footballer he's played, he played for like 15 clubs and he played for Grimsby Town who I um who I supported he played for Torquay United as well and also um, growing up uh, Helen Chamberlain whose job I took over at Soccer AM she used to have his shirt on, on the wall so he was a bit of an icon he moved to Grimsby we've since become friends he now is retired but he's, he said to me he was like when people used to tweet me, like when Twitter first came out, he's like, they would tweet me being like, fucking shit today. Bag of mm-hmm. fucking cement. What's the point? Do you know what I mean, I've seen shit move quicker. Cement. As in like, just don't move.
2: Yeah.
3: And then he was like, he was like, whenever I got that, I just replayed with a little sad emoji. <laughs> I wasn't sad. He was like, but I just, I just replied to that. So every time he said, yeah. every time he got something like that, he just replied with a sad emoji. Amazing. Like, hmm. And he's <laughs> like, he doesn't care. Yeah. But then he's like, they might be like, Oh god, I've made him sad. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But that's what they do. And Then they go, "Oh fuck, oh, I'm sorry." Yeah,
3: but I just think so. Th- there was, there was so, there was a lot of good advice out there, which which was great. And I, I actually bumped into t- Tim Lovejoy, um, who was the one of the original hosts of Soccer and mm. um, was who I watched. You know, him and him and him and Helen were the, you know, were the two that like were the the flagship hosts for for fifteen years. Mm. And I bumped into him in the gym, and it was quite an awkward moment. I was in a towel, he was in his pants. Nice. But there I was meeting, you know, a hero growing up. I was like, all mm. right, oh, mate. He's like, all right, mate, how you doing? I was like, yeah, good. A little chat. And then he's like, how was it? I was like, the abuse was something else. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, mate. He's like, and he, I think he said something along the lines of that was one of the reasons why he left. He's like, because, yeah. I, you know, I didn't need that.
1: I mean, the, I guess like, the, the biggest comfort in this or what it seems to be is that it is a really universal thing.
3: hundred percent. That it's yeah. not.
1: And the fact that... Um, that you were even like pre-warned. Yeah. People going, This will happen. Yeah, and yeah. even they go, Ah, oh, come on, you know. Yeah.
3: And it, it was He what, what he said mm-hmm. something really funny. He was like, look, he said, them. Um, we didn't really have tweets mm-hmm. when I was on. Mm-hmm. He's like, you'd have we, we got emails, He's like, and then we got this bit where you got people
1: phoning in. Well no, they didn't
3: get people phoning in. He's like he was like once well, not you not once. He's like, he went, people would write in. Fuck. He's like, when someone hates you that much that they've paid 25 pence for a stamp yeah. and I put their own dna on the back of an envelope yeah, yeah. to send it to you you yeah. went that's when you know they really hate you yeah i thought like, oh my god because you know
1: what it takes effort to write a letter <laughs> it yeah takes effort.
3: i mean it's very much like an m&m song in it you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um so he, that made me feel a little bit better yeah uh, and then he said that oh we have we had this one week where um on those old sky remotes they had this feature where you could text in by you know like Shit. through the actual skybox yeah. and yeah we stopped that after two weeks <gasps> <laughs> and i was like oh right so it's always been a thing I went, oh always been a thing always Fuck been a thing you
2: know. and so
3: uh so yeah but i have to say not to get too deep but yeah. this is why i wanted to come on and talk about this is is it, it's massively affected me of like course. for the last five years yeah and I'm on this journey now to try and change my mindset because I am so defensive now. Right. I am so defensive. Um, I, I've probably only had like three people come up to me in real life and tell me that I was shit on soccer am. Mm. and one of which was quite recently and I dealt with it very well. Um, how, how he's dead.
1: You,
3: how- <laughs> he's dead. No, he's not. Um, he, he, uh, he came up to me in a bar in, in Chester. And uh, just gave me both barrels. And I was very calm. And I was like, that's interesting that you
0: think that. Yeah.
3: And I was like, almost kind of like became my therapist. Went,
0: should we talk about why
3: you think that? And why you think it's okay to tell me?
1: Fucking amazing.
3: And he's like, what are you on about? I was like, why, well, it's just weird that we don't know each other. Obviously, you know who I am. I don't know who you are. So already, you know, I'm sort of level playing field. But mm. why do you think that you come over to tell me? should we dig a little bit deeper? And he was a bit like, I don't know what's going on here. And then also I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm happy to go down this road. You really
1: threw a rhythm there. I had
3: six pints at this point, <laughs> so, um, which never helps me. But um, I have since then been, been very defensive and it's, it's not an, a nice place to be mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in that I am always on the front foot. Mm-hmm. I'm always ready for someone to tell me I'm shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always ready for someone down the street to like give me a bit of grief. And I,
1: are you feeling like, um? and with that front footedness of going, you're ready for someone to come at you. Mm. What, what is your immediate response? Oh,
3: what? I have four stock responses ready.
1: Yeah. And yeah. It's,
3: it's, 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 it's really not healthy. And it's something that you know, I'm trying to work around at the moment. Mm. So, uh, you know, and it manifests itself in, in various different places. One of one of which is road rage.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um that's my dark place. That's
1: why I don't drive. Oh,
3: me and my ex-girlfriend. Like, she's like, I love you. But and at the at the, at the start, she's like, it's quite sexy, but right? you get angry, like in, in the car. I was like, thanks. And then after about six <laughs> months like, I actually hate it. It's it's disgusting. <laughs> I was like, thank you very thank you very much. Um but it, you know, like I whenever I uh, walk past builders, yeah, you know, your archetypal kind of uh Soccer and crew, mm. I'm kind of waiting for them to be like, look at me, like, fucking shit on it. Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah,
3: yeah, well, mate. Look at this, no calluses on my hands. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've got lovely smooth hands. So how about <laughs> fuck you?
1: Look at these piano hands,
2: brother. Exactly,
3: but annoyingly I can't play the piano and I'm so angry about it. Oh god, shit. If there's a builder that goes, mate, I've got great eight piano, I'd be like oh god, you've won. <laughs> Check, mate, shit. <laughs> I've got a degree in music. I've got a grade eight in like five or six instruments. Like, I'm a cla- actually? Oh, yeah. I'm a classically trained singer. Do you, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, honestly, I'm, I'm incredible.
1: And I read your Wikipedia page.
3: Oh, yeah. There's only a small bit of it. And that's the maddest thing is that's probably what I'm most talented at. So,
1: what and then classically trained singer. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But I can't play the piano. But I can play, you know, like clarinet and saxophones. And Do
1: you know what my, one of my favorite things? My eldest my brother who is now learning to play the piano. But for ages it was just like, why the fuck? When he was a kid, he chose the oboe.
3: Oh, lovely. Oh, do you know what? Lovely instrument, very hard.
1: Very hard, very lovely instrument. But he was like, why the fuck yeah. did I choose the fucking oboe? And he was like, oh, I see people now who go, I'm just inspired. And I sit down at the piano and go, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, <laughs> why does I have this image of me go? I'm so inspired. Screwing on the thing, little going,
3: <laughs> and then look like a snake charmer.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so it is. Yeah. Awful. Also,
3: as well, like I, my, my mum was kind of uh, when I well, we, So I got um, went to this choir school in, in Grimsby, mm. and uh, and again, this was like, um, what I talked about identity. Like I, I grew up in a very like, working class town, very working class family, um, single parent um, family. Mm. Me, and mom, me and my mum and my sister. And then I got this opportunity to go to this this uh, choir school down mm. the road. Um, and I had quite a good voice. Is basically the, the crux of why I joined this choir. Mm. And so um, I did it. And then I looked like Harry Potter every day. Um, like with a little hat, little cap. Um, was
1: it the wand that did it?
3: The one, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, do you know what? I didn't have a wand. I had a briefcase.
2: Oh, babe. Yeah.
3: And I still <laughs> hark back to the smell of a new briefcase. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> And I used to walk down this down the road and oh, I briefcase rang. Oh, hey, little posh brick. Do you know what I mean? And it was yeah, endearing. It yeah, was endearing because yeah, yeah. it was all my mates saying it. But I was like, oi. Yeah, yeah. Um And then yeah, I went to this school. So I kind of like lived two lives um, yeah. uh, f- f- for the majority of my life.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and so I, I kind of got a, v- a bit of abuse there.
1: Yeah.
3: From various people, and it was it was you know it was fine because mm. I was a, I was a kid and stuff. So I, I've always you know b- been ready to deal with it. And then, uh, yeah, it was just, it, then later on in life, when mm. you think you know who you are, mm. when I, I really don't, like I'm a bit of a comedian. Um, oh yeah. So I remember like when I went to university, I went to Exeter and I basically came back after like three months, I was like, um, hey guys, it's absolutely great to be back uh, in Grimsby. Um, really having a lovely time in Exeter. And my, um, my teacher, Mr Baker went, where's that voice come from?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: like, "What, vo- what voice? She's like, you don't sound like you're from Grimsby anymore." Yeah, I went, "Oh God, God. <laughs> what's going on?" But basically, because when you when you sing, you're taught to basically sing without an accent. Yeah, so it's quite rare that you you know you've got like I think that's why Russell Watson and Alfie Bowe are so um, kind of good at what they do is because they've kept their ah yeah I'm Alfie Bowe yeah, yeah, yeah me yeah, and yeah. and then he yeah. sings this beautiful aria. It's like, oh wow. <laughs> Who is this guy? Whereas most people, you know, don't have, not not nor the voice well, apart from Leslie Garrett. So maybe this theory is actually quite shit. So, um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I've always been a bit of a chameleon, like trying to figure out who I am. And, yeah. And, and, and what have um,
1: It's when, um, I feel like when there is a kind of uh, identity crisis, especially if you've grown up in a way that adapting to your surrounding uh, has kept you safe. Hmm. Um, and having to switch those up very quickly from yeah. like two different environments and go, and now I'm this person, yeah. I'm going to adapt to this place. Um, it makes it very difficult w- getting older to remain as just one person all yeah. the time because you're so used to adapting yeah, yeah. to your surroundings yeah, yeah, yeah. and who is around you. Um, and it's uh, it's really exhausting. It's really exhausting. And I've, I do it all the time because yeah. growing up in an all girls boarding school. Where did you go? I went to a place... Oh, fuck it. I went to play school Heathfield. Oh, no, I've not heard of it. Never send your children there. No.
3: Yeah. Oh, so, uh, sorry. I <laughs> oh, went, yeah, I've never heard of it. So I'm going on Mastermind. And Lloyd, your special subject is all girls' boarding schools.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all girls' boarding schools. Uh, that's good. Wickham Abbey.
3: <laughs> uh Godolphin Latimer. It's actually quite weird that I've known two girls' schools there, but that's just from, I've got a type, okay? <laughs> I've got a type and they go to all girls' sporting schools. But I'm not this isn't what that's why I'm here.
1: It's fact, it was it's like I think uh when you're in an environment where you've got your age eleven and you've got sixteen-year-old girls running your life. Yeah. It's just
2: oh yeah.
1: Growing up, like literally going, I either need to be like invisible yeah. or I need to adapt to this person. Mean girls. Yes. But it's so but it's like you really, really, you really struggle with it. But, and also you don't really acknowledge it as a thing yeah. really until either someone calls it up or like, it takes a long time to notice that you, that you act as a chameleon.
3: Yeah. And it, it was not just in voice, but you know, just in the, yeah, well, it was it was mainly in voice actually. i mm. just trying to figure out like who, who I am. And um, when I went to my... Uh, 14th therapist mm-hmm. um mm. and they're the issue it's mm-hmm. not me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um no when i went to my second therapist she uh was like who is lloyd and i was like well i was like well here's my wikipedia yeah. she's like no, no no who's who's lloyd once the doors are closed and then one oh, no. there who's lloyd mm-hmm. and then you're like what is left
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'd rather not think about that if that's okay yeah, um yeah, yeah. but then it is just trying to figure out you know like who, who who you are and who do you revert back to and yeah. um i remember her saying she's like you know what i think you need to do i think you need to stop you know dating and think you need to like go on holiday on your own for like two or three weeks or maybe just like take yourself away and i was like that makes me feel ill yeah doing that and then the pandemic happened i was like oh right yep. so did she start the pandemic did she did she fuck a bat <laughs> in china because she loves me so much um <laughs> So um, I'm not sure that's how it started, but, um, but so then and and dream. then I did spend a bit of time on on, on my card and uh, mm. realized not for me, thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, it it you know it does. You, it's good to know who you are, so that when you need to go back to. <clears throat> and Actually, I, I think I do know who, who I am mm. now. I'm not you know I'd say like 75 percent there.
1: But it takes time, and when of course it does. You yeah, you are struggling with identity when shit like that, when abuse Mm. like that is coming at you. It's um, when people go, but just remember that, just remember how great you are. Remember it's all this and you're like, I don't know if I'm great. I I might, this might be true. Yeah. This shit that's coming, maybe they're the ones who are seeing the real stuff. And this might be true because I don't fucking know. I've got no idea.
3: Yeah. And I think I, before I started doing comedy, I always like, that was Lloyd that's that was Lloyd. Mm. And it's quite funny. A lot of people were saying, Oh, you've actually you're funnier off stage. No. You're not as funny on a night out anymore. I'm like, oh because well, like, 'cause I'm putting that funniness onto stage. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. getting paid for it. Like it's, yeah. you know And they're like, right. And but I did. I was like, all oh, right. And that was my mates being, you know, saying that. Yeah. And then so you just kind of take a bit off stage and you give a bit of the honesty on the stage, so mm. that there's a bit of a mix, mm. which sounds weird actually. But um, and also I'm not entirely sure that's true. Um, keep him. Um, but yeah. So I think I think yeah. For for me, it was just feeling like I actually know that's who that is. Who I am, and that's that's who I want to be. Yeah. And. But what I'm working on at the moment is just, just this kind of uh, defense mechanism. And uh, I'm not always, I'm not, uh, I think there's a difference between going into a room and, and wanting a fight. I mm-hmm. think that's, a, a, you know, there are people out there that will just go into a room and mm-hmm. just want to cause confrontation. Mm-hmm. I, I did a gig a few months back and um, there was a bloke who was on on the on the lineup. It was like, it was a, a new act night and I was just, I was doing new material at the end. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, he was so confrontational. Like everything he said, like almost wanted to spark a fight. And right. I was like, oh mate, I can't deal with this. So uh, yeah, I I just thought, I, at least I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I go into a room and I'm my defense mechanism is there. Like my hands are always ready to yeah. you know, head for the holster and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 shoot back. So, but I'd rather not do that because mm. I think actually what I'd rather do is just be in the moment and just. Imagine mm. that everyone's lovely and, you know, no one's going to call me a, mm. a boring prick that could send a glass eye to sleep.
1: Is that what,
3: what? Oh, that was that, that. was the nicest thing. The stuff, honestly, this is the weirdest thing as well. And I, I, some of these things are awful. Okay. Some of the tweets and I, I screen grabbed them mm-hmm. and I emailed them to myself. So they're in an email file somewhere. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just keep them there for posterity if I ever need them for whatever reason for a show later on in life. And you know they're real because they're screen grabbed from like 2017 Twitter, so it's a very different, very different place, very different place, very different platform. Thank you very much. And um, the bird's still there? Is it? Oh no, it's in on the
1: screen. Oh, on the screen. Oh, yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, one
3: one said, uh, "I'd rather go for a routine checkup with Harold Shipman than watch Lloyd Griffith on TV for the next 90 minutes." There was one, and this is awful, and he's his account. I actually, do you know, I did a deep dive on this guy to try and find out where he worked, just to kind of like go, hello mate, this is what your employee is saying. And uh, someone else did it for me. Shit. Someone, hello mate, I've seen this tweet, and it's not my, but I've basically.
1: Someone you didn't know did it. Someone I
3: didn't know, yeah. A vigilante, as it were. Yeah. He said, and this is awful. um, He said, I would rather send my children on holiday with the McCann's (sighs) than watch this fat prick on Sucker AM for the next 90 minutes at Lloyd Griffiths. And I was like, Oh my God. Why? Why is that in your head? Like, why is that a comparison? Like, I am a little tubby man from Grimsby (laughs) speaking to footballers, trying to be funny, whether you found it funny or not, you know, who knows? But, you know it
0: that
1: seems like that seems like it's written for so many more people than it is just like oh, yeah, it's just someone going, it's someone basically trying to make like a Ricky Gervais esque joke yeah. and being as like shit as possible. I just but thought that, it, that
3: that's your first thought, that's
1: disgusting. It's, it's man. like there's,
3: there's deeper stuff, you know what I mean? Again, yeah. going back to that bloke in Chester,
1: why have you written that? Yeah, yeah why have yeah. you put
3: your children into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And also, you know, I tried to write a joke about it when I talked about it a few years back, and I, it just didn't feel right. Mm. One thing that did get me, and it was, it was always uh, men.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Very, I, I cannot remember a single tweet from a woman. Mm. It was always men,
2: mm.
3: and it was always just uh, viewers. Right. But there was one footballer that was that gave me shit. There we go. And I was just a bit gobsmacked, being like, mate you play for a League One team. Okay, you're not you're not the best football in the world. You're definitely not the worst. Yeah. But it is, I'd say the definition in football terms as mediocrity and you're having a go at me. And he basically said I needed a rude hullet, which basically rhyming slang for a bullet, as in it needs to be taken off the show. But I was like, still, and the, you know, he, I was like, that's a bit insane that, you, you, like he will never be invited onto the show. that yeah. like, As in, because he's just not good enough. It would only ever be Premier League or yeah, know, above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasionally championship players. But this lad, very mediocre footballer.
1: Yeah.
3: Not the most beautiful bloke in the How
1: world.
2: How old is he?
3: Oh, like mid to mid thirties. So like What's yeah. mate? You should exactly, know better by exactly. now. I, I remember that and it really affected me that it was a footballer mm. having to go at maybe on a football football mm. show. Mm. And I just thought, that in that's really weird. I, I, yeah, I just I it just it just it really kind of affected me.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Hold up.
1: I think sometimes people exist in a certain place and they cannot see beyond yeah. it, they cannot see the future beyond it. And um, it, creating that, like that that, that it, it's just a, there is there is absolutely no reason at all. And I think a lot of people do not understand that their tiny moment that they yeah. took that tiny little moment, apart from the McCann's one, which I reckon he thought about for a good five hours for yeah. a did um, But that little moment that you've taken can l- literally, can ruin, can destroy your day, week, month, yeah. year. And I think there are so few people who, who write those kind of things who actually understand that. Yeah. Um, and there is zero reason, zero reason to like it to,
3: to- It's, it's just baffling. Like and obviously like, you know, you do go. Actually, I think you you do need help.
1: Yeah, of course, of and, course. And that,
3: but uh, yeah, it was it's you that's having to deal with it in the, the in the moment and stuff. And so. you're you're the one
1: having to be the bigger person, and you're the one yeah. having to. It's just like that thing of like we talk, I talk about un, like overarm and underarm energy when someone is coming at you yeah. like, like with all of this shit and you're going, you're tossing it back under arm, going mm. sad face. yeah, it yeah. It gets very difficult for them to keep coming back because yeah. the energy it takes is a lot, but it's, but when, and I'm, I think this thing you talk about, about being like immediately defensive, just like gi- being ready yeah. to to pounce. Is that a like, is that trauma response of going, you were put through all of that and your amygdala is like, your animal brain is essentially going, I'm fucking ready. I'm like this it's Yeah,
3: but I I'd never been like that before.
1: No, but it's it's what happens when yeah. like when you get attacked that much. Yeah, and
3: I think also as well, I think it's coupled with the fact that I started doing comedy in say like 2010. Mm. Um so I've been doing stand-up for like seven years when I got the job. Mm-hmm. And um I think when you do stand-up, especially I did a lot of comparing. Mm. You know, there's this I think and also comedy's like a weird art form. I I, I trained as a classical singer. I'd spent my whole life from the age of seven years old through to probably like 30 singing Mm. professionally Mm. and in various different churches, church choirs, cathedral choirs, in chamber choirs as a soloist. And so you would never get abuse. It was always just recognition. Yeah, can
1: you imagine if someone was heckling from the back of St
2: Paul's? Yeah,
3: but there was, a, there was a bloke that heckled at the Royal Opera House a few, few about six months ago, and it was like a twelve-year-old kid who is unbe- an unbelievable singer, right? Um, and he heckled him. He's like, "What's going on?" And I, I, you know, just the idea of that is just so baffling. But yeah, so I, I I'd never d- had to deal with with it kind of like that level of mm, mm. Uh, kind of like two-wayness. It was always like, I've just performed an aria and here's the applause. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've just come to the end of um, The Messiah and here's the applause.
2: Mm.
3: Whereas with comedy, you know, you could do a joke and obviously it is a, it is a bit two-way call and response in, in some... In some- elements of it mm. and when you're comparing you do need to be on your toes mm. and kind of like ready for heckling which mm. i think is just a is you know it's mad sometimes it makes it yeah and i love to be interactive with my crowd but i'm never horrible and rude and i never mean to be and if i ever am then you know yes yeah. i you know i always try to apologize and be like look you know yeah i'm sorry but it's usually funny, yeah. And I, with with my style of comedy, I'm always the butt of the joke. I'm always a little fat idiot. Do you know what I mean, I'm the jester, I'm the clown. Mm. I I always punch up. I never punch down. Mm. And so, um, you you have to learn to just be ready for if someone calls. You know, especially being like you know, not the most beautiful bloke in the world. Mm. Um, I'm not even the most beautiful bloke in my family. It's just me, my mum, and my sister. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I think I, yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and so you're just there. As a tubby guy, you know what I mean, that doesn't look like Brett Goldstein on stage. So you've got to be ready for someone, ah, uh, boring, fat prick. You know what I mean, mm, and again, mm. it's comedy. You have to be ready for it. It's part and parcel of it. And people kind of expect it, it.
1: It's like, because heckling is such a part of comedy. And then it is, yeah. That yeah. Um, that like being, being ready for it, being ready to be so sharp mm. um, and then... If you like, if you don't respond quickly, then it's yeah. just like, it's fucking terrifying. And also I think there's
3: the, like, as well with comedy is really interesting. Um, you know, there's all this talk about safe spaces, you know, comedy where there's no heckling and you can you can wear badges if you want to be spoken to. That's fine. Yeah. I don't, I'm not bothered about that. It's not yeah. a gig that I want to go to or perform at. Yeah. Um. But also I think, you know, I go to a lot of shows, stand-up tour shows, and you just go there and do what is, you know, it's a performance and you're you you're happy at the end of it, and there's been a bit of call and response between the two, you know, the two people. Like, mm. I think the person that does it so beautifully is like, uh, Tim Key. Um, yeah. Oh my god! Like he's he's comedy. Is, he's absolutely perfect. Ew. He does poetry.
1: I love his poems so much.
3: And his uh, interaction with the crowd is is arguably one of the one of the best out there. It's never vitriolic. It's always, you know, he's playing this character mm, and you know it's mm. he's the butler joke and i think people enjoy being involved in it mm. but he's never nasty to mm, them mm. um you know people like rob beckett are absolutely brilliant at it do you know what i mean being mm. able to chat to the crowd and just doing it in such an endearing way mm. you know but if someone says something a bit catty it, you know he deals with it perfectly and beautifully and it's always done in a funny way mm. um but there are nights where people just want to heckle and go go absolutely mad and mental
1: we've been fortunate enough to have some amazing comedians on the show. And And Tom Lucy. And and Tom Lucy. (laughs) And Tom Lucy twice for some reason.
3: Oh, come on, (sighs) Tom. Get a job. I was going
0: to ask you in a picture of Tom
3: recently. Yeah, he was more in a picture of me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he wasn't even on
3: that night. He turned up to Wembley, had a one photo and then fucked off.
1: <laughs> this is what Josh, Josh Berry's impression of Tom Lucy's is one of my favourite things in the world. What is it? Oh, fucking hell.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, i want to talk about my fit mum.
3: <laughs> my fit mum. All right, Mr. Henderson. I've just given away one of his punchlines. I'm so sorry, Tom. Um, we love you, uh, Tom. Yeah, no, we lo- I, I love Tom. He's great. And it's been f- fun watching Tom. Um, grow yeah. literally yeah, and also the other, the other word um, <laughs> metaphorically but also yeah as as a kid and you yeah. know also I'm sure he talks about identity as well Do you yeah he mean? does the way in I which he's so. kind of like you know gone from you know the way you are on stage and stuff and the way I am on stage I, I was really dark when I first started
2: mm, mm,
3: mm. I was really dark and I used to come on wearing a pink um, Airtex top, a polo top, a purple cardigan, what? <laughs> some blue, um. Was it buttoned
1: all the way to the top? All the
3: way to the top. Absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. Uh, blue, blue jeans. And then some, uh, multicolored Asics Onitsuka Tigers. Sick. But then I used to do really like dark, not dark comedy, but I tried to be like Jack D mm, mm. or like Sean Locke mm. where I, like very like, and one of my mates was like, who the f- fuck are you mm. where's the funny black from the pub you want to see him i was like oh, okay cool and then that's when yeah it kind of i started to really enjoy doing it and mm. then because i was enjoying it the crowds were enjoying it yeah all like, oh, right but yeah some of my first stuff was absolutely abysmal so um
1: i honestly think i've said it so many times yeah, is it, This is uh, here we get mickey's drawing the chat everybody hi mickey come on michael
3: Looks very much like um, our old um, uh, family cat, Betsy. <laughs> but Betsy had a, a few more uh, white patches.
1: He's fucking enormous at the moment. I can't tell it's because he's been eating a lot of because he's um, just really hairy. Very hairy. Have tell. you got one of
3: those um, brushes?
1: Oh, the ones I've seen on Instagram. Oh, God, yeah.
3: Often I, I just interested. buy one just in the hope that I might get a cat. So you
1: just might sort of see a cat around the place. Oh, yeah, come here.
3: <laughs> Lloyd, hand's are bitten to death. Yeah, I just keep petting um, strangers' cats.
1: I keep trying to brush them with this thing I saw on Instagram. Okay. Hi no, Mix. Hi
3: pickle. Yeah, you rub your coat against me, Burberry bag. Oh no, it's Mulberry, <laughs> sorry, not Burberry. <laughs> Just a normal working class lad.
1: Um so I mean with this thing about about being immediately defensive, this is something that you're sort of working on now.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, I, I Going back to that, I saw um, Brendan Hunt, who plays uh, Coach Beard in Ted Lasso. He did oh, a tweet. So, and I fucking um, love Ted Lasso. He did a tweet basically saying, uh well, it was, it, was, it was an Instagram post, but basically the crux of it was like, you don't want to be that guy that walks into a room um looking for a fight. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy that's like ready to defend myself. Mm. And so I did a bit of, looking around about whether, you know, that's a normal thing and, you know, I spoke to a lapin therapist and stuff and, mm. you know, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. So there's, yeah, there's ways in which to kind of counteract that. I and mean, it's just by.
1: I think it's like a lot of it. I, I talk about the pause quite a lot. Yeah. And the pause is such a difficult cool thing to uh, take, yeah. but going basically just giving your cortex enough time to catch up with mm. your amygdala and go, I'm yeah. not going to respond from this like yeah. um, animal primal brain, yeah, which yeah, wants yeah. to go either fight, flight, freeze, yeah. appease um but the cortex which goes hang on a second you're safe in this environment yeah. like this isn't life and death this isn't just just give it give it a second and respond in a way that you're actually going to be happy with um but it's really difficult to do yeah this and it
3: takes time way.
1: oh yeah 100% you know
3: to be 100%. able to then um, count to five or whatever it is you might be counting to yeah. to go you know and visualize yourself yeah. being in that in that and place and it feels
1: wrong it feels it feels wrong to do it because when your amygdala is literally going this is i'm trying to protect you there, off he goes. Goodbye. Um and so it it to take the pause feels like you're putting yourself in danger. Yeah. Um and it's really it's a really frightening thing to do. Yeah, of it's course, really, yeah. really scary. Um and even acknowledging it as like something that you need to do takes time and yeah. work. And it's only like it you know, comes with the awareness that you actually begin to do it. Um but it's fucking it's fucking
3: tough. Yeah, it is tough and it's it's annoying that you have to do it. Yeah, it's um because really of annoying. And, and you know, there might be a deeper reason, but you know, for, for me it's it's because I'm having to deal with mm. what I had to deal with for, for, for two years. Mm. And so you're going, oh, it's annoying that I've got to deal with that because I didn't have to deal with it before, yeah. but I'm having to. And again, as you say, you're putting yourself in quite a vulnerable place for five seconds as you have that little reset. Yeah. Um. It's almost like, I don't, this is probably the worst analogy that anyone's ever said. Like when Clark Kent goes to the telephone box to kind of like change. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You go... I need to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he like runs to the telephone box and he's like that, you know, and like, obviously he just spins around and he gets changed. But realistically, you know, you're taking your clothes off. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And you're having to put like, uh, you know, also where do his clothes ever go? Oh, I don't know. Um. So yeah, it is that kind of like five, se- I think I was liking myself to Superman though.
1: No, but that's good though. Yeah. And also like in that five seconds, someone could come in and reveal your identity, your true identity. <laughs> well, that's exactly, but, fucked.
3: but that, I think that's, that's kind of what I was getting at is yeah. that, you know, you're going, oh God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh god. I'm naked. Oh. <laughs> I see me naked. So but yeah, it's something that you know you have to deal with, and I think you know life comes at you, and as as you grow older, your brain develops, and um, you know, I I developed uh you know this 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 level of kind of like anxiety because of this, and mm. you just have to deal with it, and um, it's not great, but there are things tools out there that that, that can help you and stuff, and mm. I'm still really fortunate in that. You no, know, I have an amazing family. Mm. I have incredible friends. Mm. I have a really lovely job. I've got an amazing support network. Um, and you've just got to remember that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you think back to those tweets and go, I hope they have as well. Yeah. I, mean? yeah. I hope they have and I hope the tweets, you know, subside in their feelings. And look, I'm all for banter, mm. for, you know, for a bit of Percy persiflage, for a bit of, you know, mockery and stuff. But I think when it gets vile, it's like, oh, mm, okay, there's no mm, need to. Mm, and look, you know, in friendship groups, we'd have pushed the boundaries, but it's because you know each other. You yeah. know exactly it's where safe. you can. It's, you know, it's, just, it's, you know, it's a safe environment. Yeah. And, you, and I just think that... um you know now there are a lot of books, a lot of uh, resources, yeah. people to speak to, and obviously if you're fortunate enough to be able to pay for therapy, you know that's that's great and stuff. Mm. But I think you know you, there's ways in which you can help yourself, and I'm very fortunate that I've kind of identified this. Still on a, you know a long road to try and get get rid of this, and it'd be nice you know in the next five years to be able to go, oh. I'm not going into a room with you know mental numchucks mm, and ready mm, to mm, unleash hell on you mm. know a a plumber <laughs> who might have thought that that sketch that I did in 2018 was a bit shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so I just go. I just go over it, and hopefully people will just forget about me in it. So, yeah. You know, well, you, and also to be fair, like, annoyingly, like I sell, yeah. Not to, I'm I'm on, I'm going on tour um in in March, April, May, and. You know, I do well. I do really, really well. I'm mm. so grateful for people that buy tickets. Mm. And people go, oh, man, I love John Soccer. I loved you. I loved you. Yeah, oh, man, I still yeah. think about this sketch again. Oh, fuck. You know, but it's yeah. like that thing that you said at the start. Yeah, you can you can look at the positives, but you'll look at the negatives. And the perfect example of this, I'm going to stop ranting in a second. Right. But um, Alan Davis, who, a very funny comedian, like one of my, you know, like kind of like idols growing up, um, Jonathan Creek mm-hmm. um, to the OGs. I remember. He, um he, he was talking on a, on a podcast and he said he remember doing a gig and there's like probably about like 1,500, 2,000 people in this theatre and everyone was having a whale of a time. There was this lady on the third row and next to her was a man and this man was hating it. Mm. And he's like, I could have absolutely just embraced all the laughter from all these people, mm. but the only person that I was concentrating on was this guy in the third row. Mm. And he's like, what I have, what, he's like, what I've basically built a mechanism is that I have to look at that person... And decide as to why they're not laughing,
2: mm.
3: make a decision, and then I can crack on. Mm, so in that mm. moment, I looked I looked around. Everyone was loving it. I saw a lady in the third row, and, and next to her was a bloke who wasn't laughing. And I was like, right, I think they're a couple. I think she loves me. Mm. She's wanting to come and see me.
1: Mm.
3: He doesn't want to be here, mm. and he's letting himself be known. But that's fine, because that's her that's her husband yeah and she loves me more than she loves him so i'm happy to just crack on yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah or yeah. it was words to that those effects. i'm yeah. paraphrasing i think it was the comedians comedian podcast that he said it's on but I, I think about that
1: it's the it's the it's so difficult to believe it but like that thing of understanding that whatever was going on for that guy was so yeah. much more about him oh, of course, than it yeah. was about yeah. anything that was happening like um it's and it's really really difficult ridiculous when people are cruel you go there's a thing in recovery called the sick man's prayer mm-hmm. um basically going whenever whenever just like fucking horrible you're like god i'm so sorry yeah, i'm yeah, so yeah. sorry that you're having such a shit time yeah. so you have to pay like this because essentially only hurt people hurt people yeah um and but it's 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 so difficult to have that empathy when um someone is being fuck sake michael um when when you feel like you're being attacked yeah um at this point in the podcast, we like to ask, we've uh, talked about a lot of things. Yeah. What are the things about you as a person that you really love and cherish and are very grateful for?
3: I think the, the way in which I was brought up, we mm. really, like unbelievably grateful and wouldn't change a thing. Mm. Um, so small family, just me, my mum and sister, but with a really uh, supportive network of uh, three aunties, an uncle, um, a number of cousins uh, and we just had an, an amazing time. Mm. You know, we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Um, we used to go to Hull for holidays. Yeah. Uh, Bridlington, Skegness, you know, we we, we we had a great time. And we just we just made fun where we, you know, made fun. And um, we always had humour. Mm. Uh, we always, always had humour. And my aunties and my mum are some of the funniest people I know. Mm. And so I'm just grateful for that upbringing. And, you know, hopefully when I bring a family into this world, want to do the same thing, of just going, look, just embrace it. Like, he's, proper, he's trying to, like, edit.
1: Oh, he does this.
3: He's trying to get onto the laptop. He'll get his
1: little, his little litter-covered paws on that keyboard.
3: Oh, then he's like, well, you won't let me edit. Right, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> man. Have you interviewed uh, Mickey yet?
1: I mean, he's literally, he joins the chat every single time and robs his, like, arse against the microphone. So basically, yeah.
3: Um, But yeah, so I, I just think that just, just making of making the moment. And that's what we did. We always just had, we always lived in the moment. We didn't Mm. worry too much about what would happen in the future Mm. um, or what would happen in the past. It was just very much like enjoying the moment. And there might have been things going on that I wasn't aware of, but Mm. me and my sister were never kind of, you know, made aware of those things. And um, my mum, incredible mum, and she always just said, do what makes you happy.
1: Mm. Mm.
3: So she worked her tits off for she had like two or three jobs at a time Mm. um you know to to basically ensure that me and my sister had whatever we needed and uh she knew that the singing thing was going to be a big thing for me and so it was like look just do what you want to do knowing that if i went off to be a professional singer i probably wouldn't earn a huge amount of money like even if you're one of the best singers you know in the country yeah you know the money's not Anywhere near what you think it would be, which I think is a travesty, you know, especially in the crawl world and opera world. You know I mean? Of course,
1: because so, it requires a level of skill. And like, I oh, it's unbelievable. I, I went to, I went to uh, Guildhall School of Music Control. Lovely. Lovely place. Um, and when I I bumped into some people, I left in 2014. Yeah. In the articles. I bumped into some people at the pub who, and that like seven years later, who I'd been at Guildhall with. And they were on the opera course and they were still there. Yeah, yeah. Still fucking training. Yeah. It takes it's like a skill unlike Well
3: yeah, it's your, your voice needs to mature. Yeah. And as you say, you know, it's it's a level of skill that I think is just uh unrivaled.
1: Yeah, it really is.
3: But the money's unbelievably poor.
1: What is your favorite piece of music to sing as a little segue?
3: Oh, um uh one of my favorite pieces of music to sing, a uh, choral piece by uh Alonso Lobo called Versa est in Luctum. Mm. Um, I'd say seconds that would probably be um, Thomas Talley's Speminalium, oh, yeah. um, and then some more cheesy stuff. Um, William Harris, Bringers, oh Lord God, mm-hmm. um, proper like court call- my Spotify Wrapped is an absolute shit show.
2: <laughs>
3: it's like fifteenth century, sixteenth century Latin polyphony, and then George Benson, give me the night.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: it's really weird, and then Blossom's girlfriend.
2: <laughs> um, so
3: it is. It's a real smorgasbord. So. Um, but yeah, my mum was always supportive. She's like, "Look, I don't care what you do, and I don't mm. care how much money you earn. Just I want you to be happy." And so that's, that's kind of always what I've just remembered. And yeah. uh, my sister's got a brilliant job down here. She did what she wanted to do, mm. um, and you know we've always been been happy and stuff. So mm. um, it's, I can't remember what the question was. So
1: what are you? What are you grateful for about uh, yourself? Oh yeah, uh, good uh, Yeah,
3: and I think I think I've just believe that. Yeah. I mean I've always just kept that I'm just just um an amazing comedian I've mentioned before J- John Kearns um he he said to me I remember he he said oh, he comes to see a preview of me do some stuff um and I he to a great show. You happy? I went, what he went, "You happy?" And <laughs> what do you mean? He went, "You doing the hour? You always happy? Anything that don't make you happy?" I went, "Oh, well, there is that there is this one routine and he went, he said, so-and-so routine. I went, yeah. He went, yeah, I can tell you you're not happy, mate. <laughs> Why are you doing it? Get rid of it. Be <laughs> happy. I was like, okay. He went, let the other stuff breathe. I was like, okay, cool. And so I've kind of adopted that in life, just always doing stuff that will make me be happy. And yeah. obviously, you know, it's, I'm fortunate enough that I found a job that I'm doing. You know, it's very easy yeah. saying, oh, I'm a comedian. You know, and if you're like a delivery driver, go, well, going, I'm not happy doing this. Yeah. You know, it's trying to find a delivery job that will make you happy. Like, I'm not, by no means am I a a life coach, Um, but it's just trying to find things in life that that, that do make you happy. I mean, I've got friends that just love going to CrossFit um, up in Grimsby. You know what I mean? I've got friends that, uh, my cousin loves mountain biking. He's like, that makes me happy. And he's Mm -hmm. like, and it means that I can go to work and I love doing my job. Mm -hmm. I found a job that I like doing. Um, you know, I'm not like in the morning. Oh my god, I want to go. And, oh, they can't wait to go to work and you know do this. He's like, but I love doing it because it means that it provides for me family, but then also it means I can go mountain biking for five hours a week and yeah, you know, pay for this great bike and all that lot. So I think it's just if if you can where you can, just always make sure that you're happy doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, whether that is in your job or extracurricular, or
1: extracurricular, I like or that. extracurricular in yeah. your job or extracurricular,
3: yeah,
2: I
1: like it. Um, and we have another portion of the podcast we like to call thank you letters. Yeah, uh, we ask you to express gratitude for a person, a place, or a thing. Yeah, or one of all three, but somewhere, someone, something yeah. for which you are grateful.
3: Yeah. So um, I tell me, Godfather mm. Jeff. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, he, he's dead. Mm. Um, he passed away two thousand and eight, mm. um, and he was an amazing bloke. He was. Uh, he was. Me auntie's mate. They used to play squash together, and he kind of came onto the scene and was just an incredible person. Mm. Um, he, what I say, wealthy. He was wealthy for Grimsby, right? As in that he had probably an all right disposable income. By no means was there millions in the account. You know what I mean? He just worked well and had a, a mad career, and he just kind of taught me about. He he basically was very. Extracurricular. He was like, "Look, go and do the things at school." He was like, "But it's always good to do stuff outside of it. Whatever you can do." And again, really fortunate. And uh, you know, we just did some some mad things. So he used to take me to Sheffield every now and then to do dry sl- slope skiing.
1: Fun. I used to do that in Bracknell. In Bracknell. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? No, it was on, Was it on a hill?
2: It wasn't a hill.
3: Yeah, I mean, it can only be on a hill. <laughs> Otherwise, you're you're not skiing. <laughs> You standing Um so he sent me to Sheffield every now and then. I've never been skiing on snow. Yeah. Like I've never skied on snow. And I was weirdly talking to your um uh brother about that. About I that. never
1: skiing on snow.
3: Well, we were talking about skiing. He and, loves
1: skiing on snow.
3: And he was like going, So I remember like being, you know, in Val de Lobo. I was like, oh my god, ski season. He's like, Hey, Val de Lobo is not a ski place. Yeah, I was
1: is Portugal.
3: Like, I was like, oh,
1: <laughs> shit. I
3: was like, I've never skied on snow, mate. He's like, you don't need to ski on snow to know that Val de Lobo. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Jamie nice Lane, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, I've never skied on snow. Um, but he used to take me to Sheffield. To, to Sheffield And he, he, like, he did um, some stuff for a mate. And as a return favor, this guy who was this, uh, a, a plane instructor... A plane he, instructor. Ah, oh, what are they called? Flight, pilot. Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! You got it. Yeah, yeah. It was he, okay. he was a, a uh, yeah. Uh, he, he taught people how to fly. fly <laughs> yeah. Flight instructor. Flight instructor. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> he uh, he was like johnson free flying lessons he was like well actually can you give them to me godson
1: oh that's well, yeah. so then
3: yeah so i had like three or four flying lessons and stuff like that that's and then
1: incredible he
3: just like teach like we, he'd like give me extra homework which was weird
2: hmm. but
3: it helped you know what i mean and yeah he was just always always very supportive what i will say is though, he was always like look lloyd you're never gonna earn money being a singer being a fool he's like get a proper job get a proper job and i was like i'm gonna prove you wrong <laughs> And I did, and sadly he passed away before I could, uh, um, mm. like, not him wrong, but go, hey, look, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I'm grateful for him for, for for a number of things. He kind of, like, just just was very uh, worldly and just taught me a lot of stuff mm. outside of school. Oh, fuck, mate, we go to the Little Chef. And he'd be like, right.
1: I remember Little Chef.
3: Oh, my God. We go to this Little Chef, and he'd be like, right, this Little Chef is six miles away from Grimsby. How many beans would it take if the average bean is so? I was like, mate, just come on, man. I'm just trying to enjoy my Olympic breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> actually a good recall of memory there, Olympic breakfast, because that's what they have there.
1: Is that what it Almost. Certain, I yeah. don't remember. I only remember having baked beans in Little Chef. I can't remember what yeah.
3: I did. But yeah, so he was, he was just great. And he was really, really supportive. He used to drive me from, from choir every day. He used to drive me on a Sunday morning to choir. My mm. mum <clears throat> couldn't drive. Uh, and so, yeah, so I'm just really grateful for him because he enabled me to go to that school at the start because mm. um, whilst they were offered me a of place, it was still a lot of money and so he paid for me for the first kind of like 7 years.
1: Fuck, oh, it's really be- that's beautiful.
3: Yeah. Um, so I w- wouldn't be where I am because of a number of people, obviously my family, but also cuz of Jeff mm. and you know a few people on the side, you know, and then he basically had a bit of a, a, an episode like 7 years in was like I can't pay for you anymore. Whether mm. we lost money, it would be just been off a bit, a bit a bit of an odd one. Mm. And then the school stepped in and like look, you know, let's let's keep the idea and mm. stuff. So um mm. but yes, yeah, so I'm very Grateful to, to to him for those those years that enabled me to do what I'm doing, and it's almost like you know the fact that he's like get a proper job, get a proper job. I was like, do you know what, mate? I'm going to take your money and I'm going to be a clown.
1: Okay,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's, that's that's look
1: at me now, yeah,
3: yeah, look at me now, Jeff. So, but yeah, bless it. We have the same birthday as well. Did
1: you? What which is uh,
3: 27th of October.
1: There we go. I'll keep that in mind for when you're doing
3: student. your <laughs> guest cards. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely.
1: Those. Hand painted cards, I do every year. <laughs> um, so, you're going on tour?
3: I am, yeah. I'm going on tour in March, April, and May. And I think actually, this isn't an exclusive, but I think we're adding extra dates because, sure. um, well, it's it's Southern, all right. And people keep saying, Why well, aren't you coming to Belfast? Yeah. And you, they usually say in a Belfast accent, but I just cannot risk that. Why <laughs> um, aren't you the, coming
1: to Belfast?
3: Hey, wait, what's your problem? <laughs> Why are you not coming to Belfast now? um and so oh, yeah, and uh <laughs> going yeah so exclusive i'm going to belfast Wait! well actually i don't know if we are um we're trying to sort out a venue okay. but yeah so i'm going i have been down the country um like it's 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 a, it's a tour called Baroque and roll nice. and i wanted to call it renaissance uh-huh. but my agent was like yeah so Beyonce's just done a tour called renaissance <laughs> and we think that your tour might just get lost in the noise <laughs> I was like, okay, (laughs) cool. And the reason why I want to call it Renaissance. Renaissance uh, is my favourite period of music and I guess art. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
3: and it's it's basically Renaissance means rebirth. Yeah. And so this kind of year, I'm having a bit of a rebirth. Love it. Um, in that, like, I'm uh, trying to get fit. I'm trying to get healthy. I turned forty last year. Um, I'm having a hair transplant.
1: <gasps> As did my brother Jamie Lang. Oh, He's f- spoken about that openly, so it's fine.
3: I'm fully aware of that. Oh, yeah. I've tapped him up on his contacts. We all know. <laughs> and um, I'm getting lazy. The hair removal, yeah, on parts of my body that I've always been a bit self conscious about. Very cool. Um, I'm having my not my when well, I say I'm having my teeth done, I'm just having a few things done to them, sure. Um, when I bite into an apple, there's a couple of things I go, ah, that's a bit off, in it?
2: <laughs> um,
3: and I'm not
1: one to talk about teeth.
3: Though. I well, it's just that like at the point now where are going, well. Oh, yeah. A little crack. Yep. Well, I've got a missing tooth from um, when I got into an FI with a fight uh, with a with a, the with Cadbury's Crunchy. Um, never put <laughs> them in the send fridge. You, he
1: send you a bad, a bad tweet?
3: He sent me a bad tweet. I was like, right, right, <laughs> I'm going to come round to Bourneville. That is a very good reference point because Bourneville is actually where the Cadbury's um, factory is. There we go. And there will be people watching or listening be like, well done, Lloyd. Um, <laughs> but there's no one in this room. Mickey. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so yeah so i'm just i'm doing all these things you know i'm uh what else am i doing so say like yeah kind of getting fit um uh eyes gonna get my eyes done Mm -hmm. just so i'm like look you know get to a point in your life going i've had a really nice time Mm. but actually there's a few things cosmetically and mentally Mm. that would make me happier going Mm -hmm. into the next bit i've got one of my best mates um, she's basically said, you know, I, 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 fuck, I had a dream about it last night. Oh, my God, this just broke my dream. Go on. She, um, well, she basically said, look, I've had two kids. I've had, I've always enjoyed my boobs, but they've been ravaged for the last kind of like seven years. Mm. So I'm having a boob job. Um, she was like, because I want to look in the mirror every morning and feel happy. At the moment, I look at them and I'm like, oh. And she's like, so I've been saving up and I'm having a boob job. I'm like, great. Yeah. If it makes you happy, I've always had hair. I've always had hair on on my head and it's going and I'm like, I still like to have hair very much my personality. So I've been saving up and I'm um, going to a clinic to get it done and and stuff. So I think it's just like, you know, it's just all about things that you can do to help yourself. Obviously not everyone, um, you know, can, can do certain things they want to do and stuff. But yeah, I just want to talk about that. And also like the main thing, it's funny. So it's just me. Taking a piss at myself for essentially being the only bloke that goes to my laser hair removal clinic. <laughs> I turn up and they literally like, "You're right." I was like, "Oh yeah," and they're like, "Oh yeah." The fire alarms around there. I'm like, "No, I'm not to fix the fire alarms. I've got hairy shoulders." Yeah, there's a water gun at <laughs> Yeah, honestly, they're looking at me going, "How can I help?" I'm like, "I've got an appointment for four. Four? <laughs> My bum. No, I'm keeping my bum as is. Yeah, I've got a lovely bum. Um, So, yeah. So, it's just, all, yeah. So, the show's about that. And, um, yeah, it's it's selling quite nicely. So, we're going to add some more dates and stuff. So, but I'm up and down the country. Amazing. Um So, yeah, if you fancy a bit of fun. Oh, and I sing in it as well. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah she been writing the songs this week. I Are you
1: so. writing them as well? Well,
3: I write them with a couple of people. Okay. Um, So uh yeah, so um, the, 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 it's the
1: clarinet making an appearance. Oh fuck! Do you know what? I think that's a good
3: idea. The saxophone might. Oui? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I might bring out the saxophone. That's a good idea. I might write that down when I leave here.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love him. I'll send fighting. you an
3: invoice. With- no, send me an invoice. <laughs> send me an invoice <laughs>
1: um thank you so much for coming on i will link everything down below so oh, please please click the links in the bio and you will find tickets and go see lloyd on tour because apparently it's pretty fucking funny
3: well who knows because it's not been written yet
1: well i've heard, <laughs> it
3: I've ha- heard no it has been written uh, from, from if, my you're, friends. if you're in sheffield the other night <laughs> you'll know it's funny
1: thank you so so much this oh, has been such a pleasure and yeah we're just just Really, thank you for being so open about everything. Thank you for talking about things I that people don't often talk about, such yeah. as laser hair removal. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, but Get it, it done. Really appreciate it. <laughs> you can play on clear pay. <laughs> Klana. Klana, 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 your shoulders clean. <laughs>